So, Alan, do you have the time? It's TARDIS time. Who are they? Who are we? Who are we dealing with? Welcome back to TARDIS Time. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, not me? Thank you for joining me tonight, Alan. Yeah. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the finale to Doctor Who Series 9, entitled Hellbent, Episode 12. <gasps> this is a family show. It is. So, last week on TARDIS Time... We talked about the penultimate episode, which was the second part of the three-part finale given to us by Moffat and crew for Series 9 of Doctor Who in, uh, that caps off what we believe to be, spoilers, one of the best Doctor Who seasons in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, just a couple things up front out of the way. If you'd like to interact with the show... You can send letters, emails to ancillarycharacters at gmail.com. Links in the show notes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at jollygreen05. That's me, at Boone for Alan, also in the show notes. And, of course, at Ancillary Tweets as well. Yeah. And if you want to help the show out, you know, we, we know that uh, you don't have a lot of time. But if you got 30 seconds, maybe a minute, minute and a half, and you want to hop over to iTunes... Uh, give us a five-star review. That's a big help to the show. So now that that's out of the way, let's get right down to it. Last week, we talked about uh, Heaven Sent and how that, that episode was a brain teaser, mind-bending, different sort of episode. Whereas the one before that, Face the Raven, was almost a fantasy-style tragedy uh, where we said goodbye to, Clara's, to uh, Clara as the companion in Doctor Who. This week, we begin where the Doctor left off in the, in the last episode, where he steps out onto his home planet billions of years into the future, Gallifrey. So, what happens? Well, I am equipped to tell you. Are you? Nope. I lied. I haven't seen the episode yet. <laughs> JK. JK. Uh, and just FYI, we do spoil things, so if you yeah. haven't listened or watched, I should say, because yeah. you're listening now. Sure. As assuming you are actually there listening, and I'm not just screaming into the void. That's, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. So if you're out there listening and you haven't seen the episode, I would highly suggest that you... Put this on the shelf for an, yeah. a bit. Take, uh, it was an hour and a half episode, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, without commercials, maybe a little less, but hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. On the BBC with commercials and all, it was 90 minutes. Yeah. So take that time, watch the episode, come back, take your iPhone off the shelf, press play, and continue. Because from here on out, there'll be spoilers. 
Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the season finale here. Uh, it's it's time. We've we've even waited a week since the finale premiered. We're not holding back. Nope. We are going to tell it like it is and like it happened. And tonight, instead of just doing a full-on synopsis at the front and then going back, let's just go through it piece by piece. That is good because, honestly, a lot happened. A lot. And, and <laughs> I'm certain I'll get things jumbled up. Oh, yeah. So it ends. Or, no, it doesn't end. It begins... I mean, it does end eventually, but that's sure. not what I'm talking about. Not yet. It begins right where the previous episode ended. The Doctor is on Gallifrey. It's very red and Marsy, mm-hmm. perhaps Tatooine-y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tatooine. <laughs> Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever oh, get a Dotson, that's what I'm going to name it. Tatooine. <laughs> that's a great Dotson name. Yeah, and I'm going to tattoo it on my arm. Oh, then it'll be oh. a tattoo of Tatooine. Oh, boy. <laughs> Meta. So, so anyway, he finds a little village on the outskirts of the city in Desert Town. Mm-hmm. And it looks to me, I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but it looks like the little loft where he was sleeping as a child when Clara went back in time and grabbed his leg and scarred the doctor for life. Yes, I, be- <laughs> I believe that it is. Uh, at first, I thought it was the same barn that they squatted in during the 50th anniversary special. Maybe it was all three of those things. Maybe it is. Because it definitely looks like that barn, too. It does. But I think it's most certainly the same mm-hmm. loft that he slept in as a, as a wee young lad of a boy. Yes. And a an older time lady, uh, middle-aged, not older, sees him and is like, oh, it's you, and makes him some soup. And there's other people hanging out there, and then they send the army. Okay, so right there she says something when she comes in and, and she sees that it's who he is and she recognizes him. She says something along the lines of, "We I kept this place in case any of, the, any of you boys came back. Yeah, which implied that perhaps she was the mummy? The mom or like caretaker? The governess? Um, if you recall in that episode you mentioned from series eight where he was a boy, weren't there two people talking about him? I think so, yeah. And it was implied uh, that it was a, a you know a man and a woman, possibly his parents. Weren't they talking about him being a soldier or something like that? Yeah, and they were saying stuff like he doesn't have it in him and this and that and the other. Yeah. Do you think the implication is that that's the same lady? I think that's what I gathered, but I, it was also ambiguous enough that I don't, know. I don't know. Me neither. Me neither. So soldiers show up, and, and they don't just show up. Like we see glimpses of uh, Lord President, uh, not the one from the Lego Movie, but uh, <laughs> the president of Gallifrey, uh, with his, you know, his outfit with the big neck thing coming way up. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? The big the, neck like shield, the, the headdress it looks like a satellite. Yeah, um, he's up there, and he's like, "Oh man, we're gonna get this guy now. We we gotta bring him in for questioning." Uh, and the soldiers are, are like the uh, who that the general guy, his like right hand man. It's like I don't know, you know. Everybody likes the doctor because he basically uh, won the time war for us by himself. Because you suck. Yeah, his men, the the general's men, fought alongside the doctor. Yeah, and so they send them after him. 
one of the uh, early on hilarious scene, one of the funniest scenes in the in the whole episode, I think, uh, is right there. The doctor is like outside of the barn, sitting down at a table, uh, trying to eat a bowl of tomato soup. What looks like tomato soup. Yeah, it could have been some kind of Gallifreyan tomato. Sure. So then up up flies this big spaceship thingy with a giant like what looks like a Gatlin gun turret sticking off the nose of it. And he flies down in front of the doctor and he tells the doctor to put down any weapons that he has and to, you know, come forward. And uh, the doctor sits his spoon down, which I thought was funny. It was a reference back to the Robin Hood spoon sword fight. Yes, because he was told to drop his weapons. And was it a weapon or was it a utensil for eating soup? Or both. Or both. So the doctor just steps up there, and he doesn't say he doesn't say anything, does he? I think he just walks up there and looks at the hindy, and then walks back and finishes the soup. He just steps up and just looks this gun barrel just right in the eye, and just stands there. And the soldier dude's like, "You've got to surrender. You've got to come with me. You got to come with me." And the doctor just kind of looks at him for a minute, goes back, and goes to eating his soup again. Uh, and he didn't even say anything. And they, they keep trying to different things to get the doctor's attention. The doctor just blows them off until finally Lord President himself comes down there with his troops. Yes. And mm-hmm. his troops, there's a stand down. There is. And the doctor, you know, he looks very, how do you say, I don't know, peed off. He's not happy. No, he is not pleased. And it, what we get is a really cool moment with the president acting like a whiny, petulant child, uh, saying, you know, you're nothing, I'm everything, and trying to tell these soldiers to kill the doctor right there. And he, impl- he implies that uh, they're going to do it. There are no witnesses. Nobody's going to believe any of these people out here. And they'll just kill him and be over with, and he'll win and get what he wants anyways. Uh, but what we find out is that basically... Everyone sides with the doctor. Especially soldiers that fought and possibly had their lives protected by the doctor in the time war. Yeah. They start laying their guns down and going and standing on his side. Doesn't the doctor step up and draw a line in the sand? Uh, I believe that's what he did earlier with a spoon. Whenever that that was, he walked up. I forgot about that. Yeah. He looks at the the gun barrel, draws yeah. a line in the sand, goes back to a soup. Yeah, because he's the baddest man alive. Because he just don't care. No, he's so bad. Uh, all the soldiers start lining up on his side, including the general captain dude. And the president is shamed. And correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they basically just make the doctor the president right there? Yes, uh, they're basically saying, we're following you now. And the doctor looks at the president and says, get off my planet. <laughs> such an awesome, such an awesome line, man. Get off my planet. Yeah. And keep in mind that Gallifrey is, this is the, not just the end of the universe, but the end of time, more or less. And so when the planet's taking off, or the planet's taking off, when the president's taking off, the general's like, he probably won't be able to find anything else out there. And the doctor's like, eh, he'll be all right. Yeah. And he says, also tell the council they're next on the show. They're on the next shuttle. Yeah. 
I mean, he's he's there kicking butt and taking names, and he's he's cleaning things up around there. You know, that's his. Yeah, he, he is a man on a mission. You know, there, there's a new sheriff in town. And it's a very small world whenever the doctor is angry with you. So the doctor goes up to Gallifrey, starts cleaning house, making some changes. And when I say Gallifrey, I mean the, like the, the city. He goes up to the, the main town. Obviously, he's already on Gallifrey, the planet. Um, and the next thing we see is that we get a weird cut to a scene that we're not familiar with, right? Or is, was Okay, now we may have messed something up here. I can't remember. Did the show begin uh, I- with him in Nevada? Yes. Okay. So let's go ahead and mention it's, that. Uh, it, yeah. The show opens with, it's kind of like a little stinger, like a preview, you know, cold open. He's in Nevada in the desert and someone pulls up to him and they're like, hey, Clara said that uh, something. What did he say? Something Clara like Clara said to, to look after you. Yeah. Look after him. Yeah, so the doctor goes driving, and he finds a diner. Walks in, and there's Clara. And he starts telling Clara a story. He makes a statement there uh, about stories that was... There's so many great one-liners in this whole episode. Oh, yeah. She says, you've been traveling. And he says, from time to time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You know, and as we're watching this... The implication is that the doctor is there to see Clara, and she has no idea who he is. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like, because he even mentions Clara. Yeah. And um, she's like, oh, who's that? And she's talking about time travel. He even mentions her accent and how that it's, you know, English. Yeah. The way I took that starting out was that somehow that... He knew who she was, but he either she wasn't his Clara. Because if you remember past episodes, there have been many Claras throughout right. history who have assisted the Doctor in some capacity. Sure. So my first thought was that this was not Clara, but a Clara-esque person. Sure. Uh, and then as the episode progressed, my thought changed, thinking that, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But... The doctor is sitting here telling her this story, and as he's telling her the story, we're seeing it. So it's it's gone back and forth there, and of course we're watching it, and like Alan said, I considered that it could be a different Clara, or that it was, in fact, our Clara, and that something crazy had gone on. So here in the story, it shows the doctor in the city of Gallifrey using a tool that, that I didn't know existed, which is some sort of very specific time travely timey wimey machine that allows them to retract a person right before that last moment of their life, right before they die, during during their last breath. And that's what they do with Clara. They freeze time right as she is about to face the raven. Between one heartbeat and the next. And that was the doctor's play the whole time. Yeah. He went the long way around because... He wanted to come into town on his terms and be able to make the demands that he needed to, because he claims that he needs Clara in defense against the hybrid. 
Right. That's his whole thing is that, that she knows some things about it. Uh, that's his whole ploy. But the truth comes out whenever he retracts, uh, when he extracts her there from that last moment of her life and then immediately turns on everyone in the room and basically is like, I'm taking her with me and you can't stop me. Because the whole thing is that the the uh, the Time Lords use this to extract people for certain purposes, to get information or to do certain things. But when they're finished, they return them to that exact moment because it's a fixed point in time. It can't be stopped. To stop it would cause irreparable damage to all time and space. Yeah, it's kind of like in how Crisis and Infinite Earths, the Flash was running so fast to defeat the Anti-Monitor and he disintegrated but he was able to time travel out of that moment to other times and visit heroes in great times of need in other universes and timelines and then return to die. Yeah, it's it's something that we've kind of seen before, but I, I didn't expect to see it here. I didn't expect Jen Louise Coleman to be in this episode, not in this capacity. Nor did I. And my first thought, too, was well, this is kind of cheapening what happened in Face the Raven. And I, I was not sold on it whenever it first happened. But going along with the theme of the previous episode, why the Doctor was so hell-bent on not confessing in his confession dial, because that's what he was inside, if I, if I didn't mention a previous episode. It was the confession dial, his last will and testament. Right. Which is supposed to be... A, a way for a Time Lord to be at peace before they pass. But it was turned into a torture interrogation chamber for him. And that's one of the reasons why he is so ticked off at the Time Lords. And so, on one hand, I thought it was cheapening that, the Face of the Raven episode, but on the other hand, I thought it was uh, augmenting the other episode. By yeah. the end, I was sold on it. But starting out, I was like, Clara again? Yeah, I was kind of taken back by the fact that it was there, but it was necessary. And it showed the Doctor, it revealed him. It shone light on his character. And it's it's a flaw that the Doctor has always had. Um, he's t and, and Clara pointed it out, he's, he's, he's not good at being alone. Yes, he's a, he's a renegade, but he's a renegade who needs a companion. You know, when it was David Tennant's 10th Doctor, he needed someone to keep him in check. You know? Um, and I think Capaldi needs that to an extent, but I think that he is honestly just terrified of being alone. I think that's his biggest thing. Yeah, and he also has a really big thing whenever something bad happens to someone he cares about. He doesn't handle it well. No. Whenever Rory and Amy got sent back in time... He became a recluse in yep. Victorian London, and it was Clara who pulled him out of that. So Clara and the Doctor have a rich history, um, probably one of the most rich histories that any of the companions and Doctors have had in New Who. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Matt Smith and Amy had a pretty deep connection. But with Clara, she literally threw herself into his time stream to save him. And all that. I mean, it, it was all kinds of crazy things have happened between them. They're connected beyond time and space 
And so this is going to be a very, very, very tragic parting. There's really no way that I could see the doctor being okay with it. You know? Right. And, and you know, after Clara was dead, I was like, what's going to happen? Because, you know, when, when David Tennant lost, um, when the 10th doctor lost Rose, he kind of jumped around and could never really get settled. In fact, he never did until he regenerated. That was the only way he could deal with the loss of Rose, really. I mean, he went with Martha for a while, but that didn't really work out. He went with Donna for a while, but it wasn't the same. They were just friends. She was a distraction. And of course, the whole thing happened with the Dr. Donna. Oh, that was tragic. But he, <clears throat> Rose shows up again in the end. And he gives her closure with his clone, his hand clone, <laughs> uh, but then goes on to regenerate. And that's really the only way he can and the last thing that he does is he goes and sees Rose before he ever met her and then goes inside the TARDIS and regenerates. So with Capaldi, I'm like, how is he going to deal with the loss of Clara? Because she is his anchor in every way. Yeah, he she was the first face that his face saw. Yeah. She, after he sneezed. She's the one that humanized him. You know? She helped him figure out what kind of man he was. And now he she died. And yes, it's in a in a way that there were some clear some people were clearly culpable. Yes, and it was it was almost needless. You know what it I'm was saying? Preventable. Yes, it was a hundred percent preventable. Everything was gonna be fine, but because of her stubborn headedness and, and wanting to play the role of the doctor as well as some people's nefarious desires and screwing with his life, he lost the most valuable thing to him. And so how can he deal with that? And that's what we're faced with in this episode is he can't. He can't deal with it so much that he spends two billion years killing himself over and over again to break through that diamond just so he can finally get to Gallifrey get to this machine, which by the way, he has no idea where Gallifrey is. Yeah. He, th this is his way of figuring it out. Cause he figured out at some point that Gallifrey was behind it. Yeah. That the time Lords were the ones they wanted his information on the hybrid. So the doctor and has done everything he's done up to this point since Clara's death over all that time to get to this place to get here, to get Clara. And his plan is not to get her out, say goodbye, and send her back to her death. His plan is to run away with her. Yeah, And he even does something that the doctor just typically does not do. Ever. He shoots somebody in the face. Which is a Time Lord. <laughs> and and he, makes the, he makes the statement like, I don't know, he says something like the, on Gallifrey, death is like the flu or something. Yeah. You know, and he, he says, he, how many regenerations do you have? Yeah. Right before he, and yeah, and he death is guy. not the end. No, it's it's not for Tom Wars, and he knows that. And and so that's understandable to an extent, but at the same time, he took a gun from someone and, and shot shot him in right in the face. So Yeah, and dude regenerated into a woman. A woman. Yeah, so it's just like Missy. You can yep. tell they're prominent for something, probably. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. that. Yeah, so, we'll maybe talk so, about that so, on so, another so. episode. Huh? Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, and the guy, it's the general guy who's on the doctor's side, but even, even being on the doctor's side, he's not going to let the doctor 
break the laws of time. Right. Right. And uh, it's even a, it's an odd moment because it's respectable because the guy says or because the doctor says best of luck or something to that. And he says to you, too. And then the doctor shoots him in the face. And then and shoots out. him. Yeah. <laughs> so the doctor shoots him and then he and Clara run off together and they run downstairs into the mega basement of the city where resides this thing that they, they, keep call, they call the Matrix, right? Yeah, and there they find Neo and Morpheus. Right, and, uh, and all that stuff. He takes Trinity. the pill. Yeah. No, it's 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 a database made out of dead Time Lords or something. Whenever a Time Lord is about to die, they go into their confession dial. They, uh, they come at peace with their death, and then they upload their consciousness into the Matrix wherein takes place many things, uh, some of which includes prophecy, prophecy of things that are going to happen, facts that Time Lords base their whole existence around, these prophecies and things that come from the Matrix, uh, you know, the, the compound mind of Time Lords passed on. And there are these things down there that they, they, call, they call them sliders. I can't remember what they're, what they're actually called. Um, they're basically ghosts. They are, they're ghosts guarding the matrix and there are these creepy looking things sliding around down there. Uh, and they're there to keep anyone from, from getting in <laughs> or getting out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as, as the doctor said, the doctor's like, yeah, they only, uh, they're only dangerous if you try to leave. And the Clara says, are we, Planning to stay here? He said, only other dangerous if you stay too. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, basically they're dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so the Doctor and Clara are downstairs in this basement where none of the Time Lords are going to come. I mean, they'll, they'll step down there outside. They'll but, look at a distance. Right, but they won't step out into it if, because they know it basically means death. Only, and the Doctor tells a story that only one person has ever actually gone into it and escaped. And he, he it made him crazy. And uh, that was him. That was the doctor. Yeah. And so he's trying to like cut his way into like this looks like a sewer grate to me. Not a grate, yeah. but like a yeah. opening while Clara distracts them and she just tells them like it is. So that that lady, that woman. <laughs> the fortune teller. Yeah, she's like the sisterhood of the traveling pants lady. Yeah. Oh, is she? No. But I'm, I've never seen they that call, movie. me neither. They call they call her the sisterhood of something or the or the sisters of something. It's yeah. those women that showed up in the, uh, that lead into, um, where he drinks from the chalice. Yeah. Where, where the eighth doctor becomes John Hurt's war doctor. Yep. Um, can't think of what that lady's name is. She was also in that YouTube prequel they released prior to the first episode of this season. Um, but anyway, she's there and she's like trying to talk some sense into the doctor and it's implied that they have a, a long and rich history of some kind as well. Um, we don't know what that is. It, it almost seemed like they were trying to imply that she was his mother at one time. She calls him boy. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, she's kind of demeaning to him somewhat. She is. But, and also in a, an almost maternal way, in a correcting way, not in a jerky Eh, kind of a jerky way. Yeah, kind know, of a jerky but, way, but, but you're right. I mean, it's coming from someone that... Demands respect from a position higher than him in some manner, whether it's motherly or she was an old teacher, you know, something like that, which we've never seen before between yeah. the two of them. 
and I, and I do want to say I haven't watched a ton of Classico, and this is the first besides uh, Tenet's last little hurrah with the Master. This is really the only time we've seen Time Lords doing stuff in modern Who. Yeah, I mean that's not uh, something we've seen a lot of at all in modern Who. So there could be some intricacies that I'm totally missing because of that. Sure. Uh, but at the same time, that's not to say the episode was incoherent. If no. anything, there were throwbacks and winks and nods. There was nothing explicitly, uh, there was nothing necessary to understand the episode that was missing. So Clara lets them have it. And while she's doing <laughs> that, um, the doctor's over there sneaking away. And during that exchange, Clara goes to the doctor and whispers in his ear and tells him something very, very important. And we don't so know what important. it was. It was the most important thing. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what that was. I think it's implied that it has something to do with the hybrid, right? Um, that was the implication. But she could have just whispered, I like pie. Could have you know, been anything. Because she, she was more or less still trying to distract the, the guys at that point. Yeah. So he leaves, and then while he's gone and she's and she's gone distracted, they realize that he's disappeared. He reappears with a TARDIS that he has stolen. Yeah, a classic TARDIS, not a not a blue box. Nope, it is a cylindrical thing, TARDIS, classic TARDIS. It's, looks like one of those things at the bank that you put in that goes to the pneumatic tubes. Yeah, yeah. So he shows up, grabs Clara, she hops in, and they abscond to the universe. And he's like, okay, everything should be good now. And he checks her pulse, and it's still not still not thumping. There's no pulse. Yeah, she's ta or he's taking her to the uttermost point of time before time ends, whenever the universe is barely hanging on by a thread, thinking that putting her here will... Uh, the, the rules of time are looser, mm -hmm. more loose here, thinking that that would allow her to escape and still not break time. Yep. It doesn't work. No, she still has a zero tattoo on her, the back of her neck and no pulse. So that he shows up there at the end of time. and I, It's on Gallifrey. Uh, and at the end of time, there is only one person. Whenever... You reach the end of time, expect the company of immortals. Yeah. And he said, it's me. She knocks four times. What? You know, so many stinking things in this episode. He's like, uh, why has it always got to be four? Yeah. He goes outside and me or a shoulder or Maisie Williams, however you like, is basically just chilling in a, in a, a lazy chair watching time end yeah, the universe was dying before her eyes the doctor uh she and the doctor stand there and they have a long discussion about things particularly regarding uh what she did and the this whole thing about the hybrid this whole thing about prophecy this whole thing about the, two warrior races the identity of this hybrid Doctor says that maybe it's not Time Lords and Daleks. Maybe it's humans and whatever that thing was, the space Viking things. 
Yep, that's uh, and then he says he thinks it's her that she's the hybrid because she is literally made up of both races DNA now. Yeah, um, then Maisie or Shieldor retorts, "Well, maybe it's not a single person. Maybe it's you and Clara. Maybe it is." And it never really gives a clear answer. Or maybe it's him, and maybe he has human descent. Yeah. Which there have, there have been hints about that in the past. He, he stated that he was part human or something once, apparently. That's a thing. Or maybe it was that Dalek that was part doctor from that one time. That no one is acknowledging. Yeah. Uh, and then they talk about Missy and how that she is the flip side of his coin and that she brought them together, Clara yeah, and the, the doctor. The Joker to his Batman. She is the they call her the agent of chaos, more or less, which mm -hmm. is the Joker. Mm -hmm. And that she was trying to fulfill the prophecy by putting Doctor and Clara together. That's the that's what me is trying to say. And that's kind of where it leaves the most likely uh, truth, but it still doesn't give us a solid answer. So while all this is going on, Clara is inside the TARDIS, and of course she figures out how to turn on the the view. And the TARDIS inside looks exactly like the original TARDIS from the beginning of Doctor Who. It's all white. And um, she starts watching on the screen the conversation between the shoulder and the Doctor. And she begins to question him, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about this problem with you and Clara? And he says, well, I'm going to take this thing I got here. And I'm going to erase her memories. He's going to Donna her. He's going to take her out to Earth, you know, uh, drop her off, and erase all memories of him because that's the only way he can keep her safe. Yeah. Uh, and Clara's like, oh, no, you ain't. No, she's like, mm -uh. And then she says, well, when are you going to tell her? And he says, right now. And when he said that, I thought maybe he knew she was watching. That was my thought as well, but turns out that was not the case. So the doctor and me, not me personally, that would be awesome, but Maisie <laughs> Paul Williams, was in this episode. It was uh, crazy. The shielder follows the doctor into the TARDIS, and there he and Clara have a good heart-to-heart, -heart, and they discuss this thing that he was going to do. She tells him, you know, she was watching, she knows, and he's like, there's no other way. And, of course, she being Clara... Uh, always trying to play the doctor, always trying to be a step ahead, says that she reversed the polarity of this mind eraser with his sonic sunglasses. But did she? We don't know. And it's going to be a gamble either way. They discuss it, they discuss it, they discuss it. She and the doctor are both holding this, and they both come to the decision that this is the only way. The doctor can't move on without Clara. He can't. Not with her ending this way. Not with her death. And the only way that he can keep her safe is by erasing her memories. So for each of them, they're both trying to sacrifice themselves by sacrificing the other one. The doctor doesn't want to lose his memories. He wants Clara to lose hers. But really, that is a punishment for him, not for her. And vice versa. She wants the doctor to lose his memories, but that's a punishment for her because she's going to then go on to sacrifice herself and die and allow him to get on with his life. 
So what happens? Is it was did she reverse the polarity? Did she manage to do so? Because he's not sure if it's possible. Neither is she. They're both holding it. They activate it, and one of them is going to get zapped with it. Who's it going to be? And keep in mind, this whole episode is framed with the meta narrative of the Doctor at the Nevada Diner with Clara behind the counter, and. The way the Doctor speaks through the whole episode, at least in my mind, it seems like he knows full well that she's Clara. Because he's being, he's got that Doctor coyness about him. He does. And Clara acts like she's just a diner gal, whatever that is. You know, a waitress yeah. who, who's in Nevada. She acts like she's none the wiser. But is she playing her Doctor Clara coyness? We find out. And the doctor gets zapped. He remembers that Clara is a thing mm -hmm. and that he cares deeply for her, but he doesn't know her face, doesn't know where she's at, doesn't know anything. He remembers these adventures with her. He remembers that she's the most important thing. And he has all that, except he couldn't point her out of a lineup. He has no idea who she is. And she's basically a phantom in his mind. Yep. And Clara, she is, you know, she's uh, not playing him because that's not the right word. Because it was, in some sense, for her own good or for his own good. But she is, she's playing it real smooth. She is making sure the doctor's going to be all right. That's yeah. the way I took it. And, and another thing that's great is that it's the same diner where uh, Eleven, River, Amy, and Rory all came whenever Matt Smith got shot by the astronaut. Yeah. And I was thinking the whole time, is that the same diner? And the doctor even says it near the end. It's like, I was here with her. No, no, that was Amy and Rory. Yeah. He's got his electric guitar. As he does. Takes his sonic sunglasses and turns the radio sitting there into an amplifier. And in this scene, he is picking Clara's music theme. Oh, man. The tears are flowing. Clara becomes so overwhelmed uh, because now that we know that he's... And there's there's a touching scene between he and Clara where he's falling to the ground, falling down in the TARDIS, and he's telling her, you know, to remember this and never be cruel and things like that. She... She's now in the future in the diner. Uh, she's turning her back to him while he's talking and playing, and she's she's crying because it's awful. I mean, he's like, uh, you know, I know all these things about her, but I couldn't, couldn't, I wouldn't know if she's standing right in front of me. And she even says, I could be Clara, and he says, No, I, I, I know you're, I know you're not her because I know that if I saw her, I would know exactly who she was. And my heart broke. And I haven't put it back together yet. Man. He got reversed on it. Except he kept some memories. Yep. Of course, she uh, she talks to him for a bit, and he's playing her song. And after a couple minutes, she goes around, and she enters the back door. Uh, it leads to what I assume is supposed to be like an employees-only area. And when she opens the door, we see inside the TARDIS, the new TARDIS the fresh TARDIS and me slash a shoulder is waiting inside. She goes inside and they zap out of there and the diner disappears with it. The diner was the disguise that the TARDIS put up when it arrived there. 
Yeah, and that was the uh, the TARDIS that they had stolen, not the yes. Doctor's TARDIS. Yes. But they drop off the Doctor's TARDIS to him. They leave it there for him. It's it's still got uh, the drawings that um, local knowledge drew on there and the picture of Clara. The Doctor gets inside and... And of course, at this point, I assume he has to know that's her because she just noped out with a TARDIS after talking to him and he gets his TARDIS and he sees her face on it. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's clever, so he had to have figured it out. He has to figure it out that that's her. He knows his memories have been erased and he knows that's her, but here he is. He goes inside and... uh of course, when he takes off, it shows like the leaves of, of the drawing and her picture and everything kind of crumble off of the TARDIS as it leaves. And we get this really awesome ending that shows a shoulder and Clara decide that since she's basically immortal right now, because she's stuck between heartbeats and a shoulder is immortal, that why don't they just kind of take this TARDIS that they have and romp around the universe for a while before she goes back and faces the Raven for the final time? So the implication is that there are two TARDISes flying around in, in time and space, one with the Doctor and one with Clara and me in it. Not me and Clara, but Clara and me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the Doctor, with the thumpy music playing and the excitement building, is there in his TARDIS, and he sees the chalkboard. What does it have written on it? I can't remember. Oh, man. A message. Me, it's remember. a final message from Clara. It says something. It's not run, right? I don't think it's run, but it's it's something along it's, those uh, lines. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's the thing, you clever boy. Yeah, run, Isn't you it? clever boy. That's it. Run, you clever boy. That's it. Yeah. And then the TARDIS dings like a microwave or something and spits out a new sonic screwdriver, which the doctor catches out of midair. And it is beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. And it is pretty dope, too. I mean, what a great way to end this series. Yes. I mean, that was, that was a season finale. If I've ever seen one. Man, it was an emotional roller coaster. We saw Clara die. We saw the doctor die two billion times. And then everything get so flipped around on its head topsy turvy. We see Gallifrey. Clara is traveling around in her own TARDIS with the shoulder until she decides it's time to go die. And the doctor doesn't even know who she is. And now he can move on. Man. So many feels in three episodes. I mean, there's feels of sadness, feels of joy, feels of triumph, feels of the deepest sorrow. We're going to do the Christmas special when it comes. Yes. And then Featuring River Song. Indeed. Then we will probably come back and do a season, a series nine in review episode. Uh, but I just, you know, straight up spoilers right here. Not that we haven't already said it. This series is just, has just been so incredible. 
It is dope. And it stuck the landing like a boss. Like, there, there, I mean, all the episodes this season were pretty different from each other and uh, pretty, but and really solid. And then the season finale just cranked it up to 11 on the Doctor's uh, amp. Yeah. The, the, the three-part finale. And each one of those was very different. Yes. And just, but still cohesive. That's what amazes me is that even though they're very different from each other, they all still tie together with these common threads of Clara, Ishildor, and the Doctor himself, his personality, his priorities. Gallifrey. So good. Just amazing. Honestly, it was everything that a Doctor Who fan could want from my viewpoint of a Doctor Who fan. It was wonderful. And I just... out Last Saturday, I was really sad when Doctor Who didn't come on at 9 o'clock, but at the same time, I felt full, you know? I yeah. felt like I was satisfied. And to keep going at this point would have been just gorging. It would have been... Um, but man, when it's so good, when it's so good, it's just so hard to see it go for a while. Exactly. That's why I eat so much ice cream. So Dr. Who series nine finale, uh, a plus plus would watch again. We'll watch again. Going to watch again. So that does it for this episode of TARDIS time. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, let us know. Send us a letter, ancillarycharacters at gmail.com. Holler at us on Twitter. Give us that five-star review that you know you want to give us. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple of weeks to discuss the Doctor Who Christmas special. Yeah, we will. We love you. We love you so much. Bye-bye.